Is this thing on? Hi, everyone. My name is Uche, the manager of Student Engagement Voice Podcast, the voice of the students. With me today is Gehard and, and Steve. And today we are going to talk about um, the Entrepreneurship Week and talk about the Student Enterprise at Park. Please, Gehard and Steve, welcome to the Voice Podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Uche. Um, please, um, can you um, tell us your role? in at SLC. Absolutely, I can go first. Uh, so my name is Steve Jansons, uh, and I am a project manager in the innovation and business engagement department. Um, you know, it's a, it's a department that isn't, uh, I, I don't think it's uh, seen as much as some of the academic uh, divisions, uh, you know, by students, but um, basically the, the innovation and business engagement department is really uh, responsible for a lot of the external connections and a lot of the external activity um, and partnerships that happen uh, between St. Lawrence College and, um, you know, businesses and, and organizations in the community. Yeah, and I'm Gerhard Freinerfer. Uh, I'm a fourth year BBA student at St. Lawrence College, and I'm also the project manager at uh, Spark Creative Communications, uh, St. Lawrence College's premier uh, institutional student enterprise. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gehard and Steve, for joining us once more. And um, today, like I said, we're going to discuss on student enterprise. So um, I want to ask Gehard, um, why, why, what, why do you think student enterprise is important? A great question, Uche. So I, before I dive into like why student enterprise is important, I think it's good if we start the conversation by defining what is a student enterprise. So a student enterprise is a business typically run by a school that employs students to provide either the product or the service offering of that business. So for an example of this, I'll use Spark. So we're a marketing creative communications agency. Uh, we provide marketing and communication solutions to clients both within the college as well as in the external community. And we're basically powered by students such as myself who do all the work. Steve makes sure we keep it all on the rails and uh, that we've got clients coming in. And so and the student enterprise can take several different models, uh, which we'll discuss later. But why is it important? Well, for any of your listeners who are students who have wanted or were hoping to have a job within the field that they want to get hired in after graduation, but don't quite know how to build career ready skills and practical projects outside of the classroom setting. Uh, student enterprise provides that opportunity where they get to work professionally, they get paid for it uh, in some models uh, for the work that they do for paying clients. So there's greater responsibility, there's greater accountability, and it's a real chance to take a lot of the learnings that you're getting in the classroom and apply in a practical situation where the stakes are higher. And for a lot of the students that come through, often end up getting a far better both educational experience as well as a professional experience by doing that. So that's why listeners, like that, that's why student enterprise is important to a student audience as well as we can talk about later, why it also has positive benefits for both the college as well as the broader community. 
Awesome. Absolutely. That's really um, exciting to know that um, because when students are able to build their capacity um, with, with, within the student enterprise, they will be um, relevant. I mean, it's it's a what is a is a life changing experience. I think for students who um, engage in these student enterprises. So I also want to find out if um, you, you mentioned about the models, right? The the different models. So can you tell us the different models that um, you use in this student enterprise? Yeah. So the again, I'm just going to back up a little bit. Um, the, the reason why we've got, so the reason why we have these student enterprise models is based off research I did for John Conrad, who's the director of uh, innovation business engagement here at the college. And uh, Steve can talk about this a little bit more, but John, Steve, Bree, who's the, I guess, the creative director for Spark, who's currently on mat leave, as well as um, others within the innovation business engagement department, which, it was an idea they wanted to explore more, but didn't necessarily have the time or capacity to do so. And then decided to, when I started conversations with them, it was offered as, hey, this is something we'd like to explore more. Would you be interested in doing the research in this area? Uh, so I said, yes. And as part of my internship, I did uh, a lot of research around what is student enterprise? What does it look like? And is this something of value that the college could pursue? So in my research, I identified three different models of student enterprise. Uh, the first one I defined as an academic student enterprise. So this is, an, this is effectively a school-run business that provides a service to either the college community or the broader community that rather than paying the students financially for their work, they, they basically pay them with grades. So an example of this would be dynamic design salon in spa. So at the salon, it's a requirement for all hair and aesthetic students at the college to go through and do time there. So they get, a, they get to work on paying clients. Uh, they have a lot of, there's a lot of oversight and tech, technicians as well as the enterprise manager or faculty member who's making sure that no one's walking out with like half the head shaved and the other half not. Um, but so the students do the work, however, rather than be paid for their time, because it's a requirement for their program, they're compensated with grades, as well as a chance to really practically practice the skills that they're getting. And for something like hair, like hairstyling, yeah, you have to practice somewhere. Like you can't just, like there's only so many times you can cut a mannequin's hair before you need to get your hands on a real life person to practice. Um, so that's an example of an academic enterprise, uh, an institutional student enterprise, uh, Spark being an example, is very similar to an academic. However, typically it's not tied to a specific program or department and students are financially compensated for their work. So all the students that work at Spark, we come from a variety of different programs. We've got uh, graphic design, marketing students. Uh, we had a music and multimedia student over the summer, uh, UX design, so anything business and communications related. Um, everyone, we all work together as a team. We learn from each other. We get paid for our work. So it's a, it's a fantastic part-time job that's really designed to work for a student. And then the third and final model of student enterprise would be the independent student enterprise. 
Now in this one, it's like you take Spark, but students are fully responsible for it, including the financial, like the business survival of the, the business. So um, students completely run it. They take full ownership for the business. However, the business is still technically owned by the school. So whoever, the student that founds it cannot take it with them after they graduate, it stays at the school. Um, however, they're responsible for everything, signing contracts, getting clients, managing the books. You're like, it's an entrepreneur without necessarily owning the business per se. Um, and if the, if the enterprise fails to be financially viable, well, then it closes. There, it's both the lowest risk for the college to embark on from an enterprise standpoint, um, but at the same time can be seen as the, let's say the highest risk for the school as a whole, because there's no guarantee this enterprise will be sticking around from semester to semester if you haven't had bad management or, you know, COVID happens. So um, those are the three models. And uh, in my research, I ended up uh, doing a lot of interviews at St. Lawrence College, as well as with some external uh, faculty members or um, administrative support at different schools who work in these different areas. Yeah, and I think to add to that, I think really the distinction between, I mean, the independent student enterprise where the student runs runs everything and, and is, is responsible for the startup and, and maintenance um, is a little bit less common, um, especially in, you know, in our backyard. Um, but I think the big distinction between the first two student enterprises being academic and institutional Really, uh, you know, to me, I think one of the real defining factors is that, you know, the academic student enterprises are often guided by a set of required learning outcomes. So when you're, you know, obviously when you're grading students, you need to have some sort of structure and some sort of, um, you know, rule book for how you how you're going to to create those um, to create those grades or 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 manage that. But with the institutional student enterprise, um, and I'll, again, you know. Spark is sort of our, our, our flagship or premier student enterprise. So we'll kind of probably be using that as an example quite often, but with something like Spark, um, we're, not, we're not bound to specific learning outcomes. So, um, you know, the, the learning outcomes that are generated are often a little bit less predictable. Um, and, you know, the students are getting put into a position where, you know, it's not going to be, they're not going to get an outline of everything that's going to happen before they start. You know, it's, it's something where they're, they're going to get into the, get into it. They're going to um, have to work with their team members to define what types of projects they want to work on, what types of, um, you know, what types of clients they want to work with. Um, and based on those interactions and that collaboration, um, you know, the outcome often, often is generated off of those events. Right. Um, so, Again, we're not we're not compensating with grades uh, in in something like Spark or an academic student enterprise, but the students are coming here getting paid, you know. And where where we found the real benefit of that too is, you know, students are coming in and we're they're they're treated as professionals from day one. So you know, a, a lot of student positions, it's it's very much like, okay, well, what's your you know, as a student, what are you going to get from this? And you know, and and not to say that there isn't an element of that. Um, but it's not our, our reason for being really. So, um, so, so I think as part of that, um, you know, you get, you get the, um, 
you get the benefit of students really getting their educational experience and their and professional work experience at the same time. Um, so a student who's engaged in one of these, um, you know, institutional student enterprises is graduating with, um, you know, possibly like two years of work experience in their field already um, versus a student who is just graduating with just the academic component and then needing to go and start their professional work, work experience at that point. Yeah, and if I could just, if I could just piggyback yeah, one thing Steve said is uh, like the students, they're getting their educational experience as well as their professional experience at the same time. And a lot of in the research that I did for my for the on student enterprise, uh, there's a fair bit of research out there that shows that students that are employed in their field at the same time they study often end up with far better um, learning outcomes and great like their GPA is higher than the comparative student who's not working in their field. So um, particularly for students like, like myself who are more, let's say, work-oriented than academic-oriented per se, um, it's, it's a fantastic way to like boost your grades up and give yourself a bit of a bump while doing something that you actually probably enjoy more than sitting in class and listening to a lecture. Uh, so it, it's, a it's a fantastic way to kind of get the best of both worlds. Yes, amazing. I mean, this is awesome. So um, I'm kind of wondering, students watching this podcast will be thinking, am I an ideal student? Am I an ideal candidate to work at SPAC or any institutional student um, enterprise? So can you tell um, the, uh, the our listeners or viewers if they are ideal students or who is an ideal student to work at an institutional student enterprise like Spark, and do we have in future? Are we going to? Does SLC have the ability or the prospect to create more student institutional student enterprises like Spark? Yeah, so I can take I can take the, the first part of that question. Just as you know, if you are a student listening to this and you, you wonder, like, hey, is that something that's for me? Um, I, I will say it's not for it's not for everyone. Um, like there are like we've had students uh, in the past that have come and come and work for us that you know has said flat out to us like this is this is more responsibility than I was expecting or you know the, the amount of work here and the amount of pressure that that is you know that is generated in this environment is you know I'm not I'm not prepared for that and so to us that's a win uh, in in the sense that you know if you found out something about yourself as a student that's you know that's positive for us. Um, but yeah, I guess like in, in, you know, to sort of back up a little bit and talk about a little bit more of our purpose, which will kind of tie in, um, you know, really what one of the big things that the innovation hub and, you know, subsequently student enterprises aimed at doing is building soft skills. So uh, we want to build the environments where, it, you know, a student perhaps is learning the, the technical skills or the hard skills in their in the classroom. So they're getting, you know, advertising students are learning, learning the basics of advertising, learning the, the fundamentals in that, uh, and being able to, to sort of, uh, you know, practice some of that practically. Um, but really the goal of, of sort of like our, our um, community-based innovation department is to, um, is to help build that experience where students can, um, you know, explore skills like collaboration, reflection, critical thinking, um, you know, even entrepreneurship as a skill. Um, so, 
really that that's sort of what we look for. And you know, as as we've found with students that have come in and really taken to uh, the position and made the most out of it, um, you know, they're the students who always want to do extra. They're always there, it, it being proactive. Um, but it's also students who can communicate. I, I think we get asked the question all the time of like, well, what's who is your ideal candidate? You know, for a position like things like that. And, and to us, it's always communication. Communication ends up being one of the biggest things that if you can communicate, um, you know, the fact that if something's gotten dropped or if there's, you know, something that's fallen off somebody's to-do list and it's now like we're, we're coming to a point where, it, where you know, it's we're asking where it is and if it's done, then, you know, the students who communicate, even if it's, even if there is something that's not ideal, the students who communicate are always the ones who, um, you know, we can, we can really get the best experience uh, into, you know. Yeah, and just piggybacking off of that, um, having talked with other like student enterprise models outside of the college, within the college, the students that get the most out of it, like Steve said, it's largely due with attitude and just a willingness to like fully seize the opportunity that's in front of them. Um, I know like at Spark, a number of our graduates have moved on and like immediately stepped into some really cool jobs. Uh, one of the one of the highlight stories that I heard um, while talking with uh, the head of student enterprise at Pace University in the States, who is really a leader in this uh, area of independent student enterprises. Uh, she was saying they had a student who got hired on the spot at Morgan Stanley, like a massive firm down in the States, uh, because of her practical experience working within one of these student enterprises and just having to navigate and deal with the realities of working and leadership. Um, this student was able to speak to specific examples of, yep, yeah, this is what I did in this situation, this is what I did in that situation. Really taking to it and trying to get as much out of it paid off for her in, in spades. Um, and we've seen the same here at Spark. So like myself being a student, I'd say anyone who wants to apply, like if this is an opportunity that excites you, come in with the attitude that you're going to seize it and make it your own because yeah, it's a lot more work on top of your course load, but the the payoff afterwards like far surpasses um, like your your typical student job that you'd have at college. And then to your second point, going back to the question you had earlier, like what what is the college doing, or are we trying to build more? What's happening? Um, we are explore like we're actively exploring what can be done. Now, um, however much I'd love to, Steve and I would love to be here and say, yes, we're doing all these things it's coming to you in January. Um, unfortunately, the college is a public institution. It's very bureaucratic, things are slow. And there's a lot of things that we are also having to learn in regards to like, oh, how do the finances work from mm -hmm. an IT side? How does data protection work? Um, so we're trying to navigate all of that. We do have some, concepts that we're trying to work around and see if they can become more viable um stay tuned yeah i think that the the big thing to consider there too is that you know a, a student enterprise can be you know any any type of business that you can imagine you could almost create a student enterprise out of so with the amount of variables that there are to that it, it, it can be a fairly complex discussion um and so it, you know it seems like every time we talk about this there's another 
idea of you know could we could we go to the to the you know music and digital media and create a record label could we go to you know the the you know to to the game design program and, and make a game development house like could we like what could we do right and so um what what we can say is that there's like we have had conversations with 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 uh you know people in leadership positions and and there is an appetite for this so um so of course it's it's tough to say with any certainty that like yes we're building more and yes we're we want to innovate in this area but i think like that that's the bottom line is that there's an appetite and we've been able to um you know i won't say you know gerhardt's done an amazing job at, at sort of um proving potential viability of that so yeah i absolutely agree with you i mean like uh entrepreneurship is it's an extreme sport, so um, it's not easy to, you know, navigate the terrain. Like a lot of, um, you have to navigate a lot of things to, you know, to be able to reach your goal. So um, I will also want to ask um, if you, I know you've touched a little bit on the benefits to students collab um, learn collaborative skills and communication skills and leadership skills. Is there any more benefits or specific things um, you think the students will benefit from? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're just looking for other like general benefits and, and positives about sort of like engaging in a student enterprise, I can say, uh, you know, the biggest one, the biggest one to me is that, um, you know, uh, people in our department, like we're the innovation and business engagement department has no end to, no end to network. Um, so a lot of what we do is like we're we're we are connected and constantly engaging with some of like the biggest institutions in our area in Ontario. And so often, you know, the people who perform well in a student enterprise, um, it, you know, you get to you get to perform and show your show your ability um, to somebody who's really well connected. And, and so it's not it's not uncommon for you know, our, our industry partners to come and say, hey, I've got this opportunity. Do you have this, the right student for this? Or do you have someone who's graduating who would take to this and be really interested? And, you know, and to me, like, whenever I get asked that question, it's like, okay, you know, like I've got, I've got three people that come to mind right away. I've got a few that I know have graduated. I've got like, so I, to me personally, I go back to my, to my Rolodex of, you know, <laughs> internally of, of Who's gone through a student enterprise? Who have I worked with at Spark that that would be good for this opportunity? So it's almost you know in a way uh, you know setting yourself up so that the jobs can come to you. Um, that's not obviously not a guarantee, but um, but it's definitely happened, right? Um, so and, and I think the other benefit of that too is like you're going to find out things about yourself when you when you do this, right? And, and when you're working here. And so we've had students who come in and said, you know, oh, I want to start my own advertising agency so I wanted to come here and work here and see what it's like and you know like we've had students who kind of said yeah I want to start my own business but like after doing this they think mm, maybe I don't want to start my own business or you know now that I see everything involved is that something like and so you know it's it's often in like creative industries where you know somebody will say you know because I all photography is on the top of my top of my mind so like we we have uh, we often have students from like graphic design and from other pro other creative programs who are interested in photography. So, you know, I've had students that have come and said, "I want to start my own photography business," and then we get working through it, and they they see if you're running your own business in photography, like a third of your time is going to be doing photography, 
And the other, you know, two thirds of your time is going to be doing administrative work, trying to get clients, building your, like building your portfolio, doing all of the work that's associated with that, answering emails. And so um, exposing, exposing them to that, like you do find out a lot about yourself and what your goals are. And, and I think, um, you know, I've had other stories of people saying, yeah, I want to go and work at a, work at an agency in, in Toronto. Um, and so uh, it was two years ago, I was uh, trying to think about when, but we had, we had a group of students that we went and did a tour of, of agencies in Toronto um, to go and to go and see what is that environment like. And we had one student that was, you know, it was clear, it was clear to her at the beginning that her goal was to go and work and be successful at an agency in Toronto. And after doing that, she said, you know what, I don't know, maybe I'm going to start my own thing instead. So she, so, so she then was one that didn't want to, you know, didn't know if she wanted to start her own business. And then through, through the experience of working, working at Spark, she, she decided, Hey, you know, starting my own thing and this entrepreneurship thing could really be for me. Right. So you, it gives a, it gives a testing ground, right? Cause I mean, for, for one, you've got, you know, when you look at employability as a topic, you've got, you know, employability from a personal standpoint as a student, like, are you employable or do like, where do you want to work? And then you've got the other side of that of employers saying like, do you, do I want you to work for me? Um, and so you get to, you get to sort of test out that and sort of see kind of like, what are you, what are your skills really? And, and, you know, so oftentimes people think that their, their skills are one thing and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Like, you know, you think you, you think you're really good at one thing until you get the opportunity to try and, you know, you might be really good at it, but you might hate it. Right. And so it's just, it, it's just one of those, I think really, um, beneficial environments to be in where, where you just sort of, you know, you, you, you get to learn a lot about yourself. Um, thank you so much, um, Steve, for highlighting that. So I will also ask, um, Gehard mentioned something about applying. So if I'm a student and I want to start a business, how do I apply and where do I apply? And to work at Spark or for a student enterprise? For a student enterprise, yes. So right now, based off the discussions we've had, as it currently stands, the college is not really set up to do independent student enterprises. So I'm not saying no, never, it's just right now, based on the way that the system's set up, based on the way the college justice finances, it's not really a possibility. Um, that being said, so the student enterprise, independent student enterprise, that's kind of eh. um, on the institutional side, um, we are having conversations with a couple different departments or programs within the college that have expressed interest and we're, we're working through that. And, similar to what you'd get in a, uh, let's say like Shark Tank or, you know, a bit a business incubator, we have to, you know, okay, what's your business model? We have to prove concept. We need, like, it's a very, we take a very measured strategic approach to it so that to minimize our risk of failure, because whether it's an independent enterprise or an institutional enterprise, we don't want to see any of them fail. Um, so we try to give everyone the best chance of success. Now, that being said, if you are a student and you have entrepreneurial aspirations and you want to start your own business and you want to start it now, um, talk to the School of Business. A lot of the profs there are very well connected and have a lot of experience. Uh, if you want more formal support, um, like Queens, their DDQIC program, their is set up to help anyone who's got entrepreneurial aspirations take something from ideation to like now you're walking out the door 
with a functioning business and it's up to you to make sure it's still running and that you, you're going. So it could really go either way. Um, Steve would know more of the details yeah. on that than I myself. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you're, if you're a student, honestly, I think the best way right now, given where we're at, um, you know, a lot of this is like, where we are right now is it's an extension of the research. Like we're extending the research that, that Gerhard has already done. Um, so we're really, we're really looking at, at, you know, how could this work? Um, so, so I think the best way, if you're, if you're a student who is interested in getting exposed more to this, uh, or exposed to the concept, helping out, I think the best way and lowest barrier for kind of like getting involved is really through Enactus. Um, so Enactus SLC is a volunteer group that basically does, um, you know, they, they come up with projects, uh, you, you know, that, that, that help and, and support the community and, and, and things like that. So it might be, you know, helping, helping a business start up a website um, or not-for-profit that needs help collecting like the food bank. I'm not sure if anyone saw it, like the, the Halloween harvest, that was an Enactus initiative. Um, but that's one of the best ways to just get involved so that you're where we are when we're trying to figure all this stuff out. Um, you know, Spark does take volunteers occasionally, the, the conditions have to be right and, and things like that for us to be able to do that. Um, but I would say my advice to anyone, it's not just in this, but if you, if you, if you want to get somewhere with something, just be there. Um, that's, that's my advice to, to anyone. And so I would say the best and easiest way to do that at this very moment is to um, go and volunteer with the Enactus team. So um, thank you so much. Absolutely. So you can, um, if you are watching us today or listening to us today and you want to get involved, you are an entrepreneur at heart, you can get involved with Enactus. Enactus is a club at SLC and you can join on your SLC um, and you can register to join on Enactus, right? Yes. So do you know what their meeting is? You can find more information at enactusslc.ca. Thank you. And um, that leads me to the next question. Um, so I was just thinking, what do you think will be the benefits of institutional student enterprises at um, organizations like SLC? Yeah, so I think that, I mean, there's the benefits to the students, which we've already talked about. And the nice thing with an institutional student enterprise is you're like, the possibilities of Steve are endless. Like you could, we could have, like we could have a cooking student, like we could have a, basically a restaurant. We could do like mini investment company. Like it's basically the sky's the limit. Like as creative as you want to be, theoretically, like you can build whatever you want. Um, so there's the benefits to the students, which you already discussed. Um, there's benefits to the college as well. So any education, like for the educational institution, students that work at student enterprises, both they typically have higher GPAs, um, but also it does a fantastic job at actually increasing student retention. Um, so there, I wasn't able to, <laughs> it, it, Student Enterprise has been around at St. Lawrence for actually surprise, like several decades. However, we don't have, we haven't been paying attention, so we don't have the internal research to say, yes, it increases retention by X percentage or that percentage, but there's enough research around this topic out in the world, like 
North America, I think there's some also done in Australia that shows a significant benefit, like a pretty good increase in student retention. So beyond establishing revenue stream, additional revenue streams for the college, um, student enterprises really help students stay at the school and not just get bored and drop out or, you know, any, any of these myriad of reasons is why students would leave their education. Um, it allows them to stay, make a bit of income, which is uh, a good thing and something that Richard shows is wanted by a large number of students to have some supplemental income while they're in school. Um, and it keeps them sticking around longer. So for a college um, or an institution, yeah, you can make a little bit more money. At best, you're, it's like you're breaking even with your student enterprises. You're not making a ton of money off of it. Um, but it keeps students around. So in that way, you're making money because you're not having as much churn or students coming in, doing a year of a three-year program and then disappearing um, because they decide stuff for them for whatever reason. Whereas if we can get them in a student enterprise, they'll stick around, they'll make it through. They're far more likely to have a positive experience of the college. Um, I know the colleges don't have it, but like if you were to look at a university, for example, they're the Queen's Alma Mater Society, they're a fundraising machine. So the college, if, hey, if we wanted to do something similar, student enterprise is a way to build those positive experiences where graduates and alumni could give back to the college and it just becomes a positive feedback where, you know, people go out, they're happy, they kick a little bit more back, we build a little bit more, and it just keeps going back and forth. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the retention, that's a great, uh, you know, great, uh, a great aspect of it and benefit from like the institutional perspective. Um, but I mean, we've also seen uh, even with attraction, like attracting students. And, and so um, we've got a student right now on our team who's international and was, you know, knew she wanted to come to Canada, but, you know, she looked at a lot of different, you know, post-secondary institutions and the, the you know, the in innovative, uh, like, learning platform of a student enterprise is what, uh, you know, what she finally made her decision on. And, and so uh, we can see that when we do kind of, like, invest more in these, um, in these, like, innovative learning formats, the, you know, our offering as a whole becomes a lot more attractive to, to new students. Um, so that's a big, that's a big piece of it. We've also seen as well, like, you know, we've taken on high school students um, at, on our team as, as doing placements and, and things like that. So um, in the scenarios where that's happened, it's, it wouldn't be uncommon for, you know, a student who's volunteered or done their like high school placement with us um, to come and enroll and, and to, because they've been exposed to the environment, they've been exposed to yeah. you know, really yeah. exciting aspect of what, what St. Lawrence, what the like, what the culture at St. Lawrence College really is. Yeah, and I think continuing that retention thing, um, we've seen that there's, it also has positive, it, it has positive results for faculty as well. Um, because I mean, shocker, your professor, like professors and teachers, you don't, we don't just like put them back in the closet, and plug them in until the next class. Um, a lot of them, particularly at colleges are more practically minded, um, yeah. want to get involved in ways that help provide more opportunities for students. And one of the things that we're seeing a lot in the conversations we're having internally with colleges, a lot of it's very faculty driven of, mm -hmm. you know, this person within this department or this head of this center coming to us and saying, hey, I like, like, 
I want to be able to do more. Student enterprise seems to be the way that I want to approach it. Can we have a conversation and see what we can do? So as hopefully as this continues to grow, um, we'll start to see more either professors or faculty members or administrators come with ideas that can provide more value to the students. And it gives them something beyond just lecturing, marking, that they can look forward to building, like building something positive that they can look back on and say, yeah, I was a part of that. I helped impact more students beyond just like, you know, handing out quizzes or tests and hoping that it sticks with the, the students that you're lecturing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, I really look forward to that because um, most people learn by doing rather than by you know just um listening to lectures and all that but i've also find i found it interesting that in slc most of our courses are very practical like they are all most of them are hands-on so it will be amazing to see like um having program um program related enterprises <laughs> i don't know if that's what to call it right uh, where students will be more engaged and be more practical in you know um in learning what they have been taught yeah for sure and it, and it also like in doing that it also builds their self-confidence because it's like i know i've experienced this like you do i remember years ago when i was at st lawrence for the first time for the marketing diploma um i did an assignment and defeat you know got a good grade on it and the only comment was uh, see me after class from the the prof is like okay so i got a good grade so this is not going to hopefully be a bad conversation um but in he's like this was so well done, you could sell it. Like you could basically take what you did for this project, you'd have to expand on it, but it's a service you could sell. And I didn't have the confidence to be like, yeah, I can do this. I was like, oh, okay, that's, I think he's just making, like he's just, you know, making me feel good, but I, uh, I don't know if I can do it. Whereas, you know, when, once you get out in the workforce and you start doing it, you realize that you can do, you and can, you have what it takes you can do it and when someone says yeah you could sell this yeah you can yeah you just need to have the confidence and the student enterprise is a way where without needing to graduate and then find a job and and then finally find out that yeah i actually have what it takes yeah why not find it out in first year that a i like this and b man i'm good at this like i can like you know i set my sights a little higher now that i know that like i'm actually really good at woodworking or social media or you know pick your field awesome thank you so much gerhard and uh, steve i just have one question and uh, we'll, we'll be done so um can you tell me the food you really love and the food you will banish one question for you <laughs> food oh i wasn't prepared for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know. I think I think food is one of those things that's so often tied to a, a mood or an atmosphere, right? And and you know, to me, it's like I I always I always had such a hard time with this question because I often think of you know an activity or like something that food gets tied to, right? So to me, I, I you know I love beer, I love a pub atmosphere, so I love wings, right? Like that's one atmosphere for me. But I would say like wings is one of those things that like I often crave and often kind of like come back to that I'm like 
yes, I, I I haven't had wings in a while, so I need to go, you know, to the loyal oarsman or to you know to, to somewhere to get that that atmosphere. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was like a food you love and a food you you hate kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Garrett can go with his food he likes, and then we'll do the food we hate. Give okay. me a second to think about that. <laughs> uh, I think going off, I guess going off Steve's directions, like for me, when I think of like food I like right now, it's not so much like, oh, like I, I really want this kind of food. For me, it's maybe it's because of the pandemic that I'm an extrovert and been like locked up for way too long. Uh, for me right now, like I think what would make me happiest would be like good barbecue. Oh, yeah. Good barbecue, like good meat on the grill, veggies, have friends over, a big party, beers, like, you know, like, it's the food, but it's everything else that comes along with it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I get yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah food, so I hate, food I yeah. hate would be shepherd's pie. That can really? just get like tipped right into the garbage. For oh, I, no. I'm done. No way. Yeah. Thankfully, my wife feels the same. So, like, we just like we don't allow it in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. For me, that the, the yeah. The, I don't know. I can't even think. Like, I'll try. I'll try just about anything. But I mean, I don't know. I tried. I think octopus once, and you know, I would say I probably wouldn't order that. Kind of thing, but uh, but yeah, still, I didn't. I wouldn't say I hated it. I just probably wouldn't have it. I, I love octopus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to get you to try buzzard. Uh, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, buzzard is. Uh, I think it's like a fertilized egg that's been allowed to sit for oh, like no. way too long. And then you basically like drink it, need it back. Um, apparently it's a Filipino delicacy, but um, oh, man. I, yeah, I, I don't have the courage to try it's, that. Yeah, that's adventurous. No sure. way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you so much, Gehad, for joining us in this podcast. And for our viewers and listeners, um, I want you to tell us um, your favorite food and the food you will banish um, and look out for your prizes. I'm going to select one person that will win a prize for all our viewers and listeners. Don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts on The Voice Podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook on SA Voice Podcast. Thank you everyone and bye.